This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Listen, honey, welcome to the show, everybody. Okay, everybody who is just tuning in, thank you for giving Listen, honey, a chance. I'm sure you found me through the gram, maybe your friend, for anybody who's recommended you to come listen, thank them for me. For everybody who's posted a review, I read every single one of them, especially on the iTunes page. Thank you for posting a review and letting me know exactly what you like, what you don't like. Um, It allows me to... Um, make these episodes specifically catered to you and it allows me to get to know my fam out there. So the guest I have on today is specifically because you guys have loved so much of her insight here on past podcasts and that is Miss Shan Booty. What up, Shan? Hello. So Shan is an amazing feminist, um, one of the most strong, confident females I know in my circumference and also a sex educator. And uh, congratulations on all your work that you've got going on. Tell Tell us about this new show you have on Quick. So it's a show called Sexology on Quibi. It's the show that I wish was around when, one, I started to educate myself, and number two, when I was a teenager as Mm. well, too. But it's geared towards millennials, and essentially every day we cover a different topic about sex, love, and relationships. How gritty does it get? It gets gritty, girl. I'm yeah. actually very shocked. We've done period sex. We've done prostate orgasms. We've done how to give it the best blowjob. We've done asexuality. We did an entire week on LGBTQ plus issues oh, and really shit. went there. Like, I am so proud to be part of this show. They're really like, it's digital only. Okay. So there's no network to answer to. You know, Quibi is digital first. And so they've been an amazing partner. There's going to be a lot of great content on that platform as well, too. JLo got some shit on there. Wow. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty hyped for it. And in order to get your show, we download Quibi and then we'll find your show in the roster on in April. Yes. And so I'm on Daily Essential. So every single day there's a new episode dropping. Amazing. And you kicked out 130 educational 130, episodes. 130. Yes. So sick. And you can also follow Shan Booty on Instagram, which is how I fan- found Shan. Shan was doing a video that was about the art of flirting. And I thought it was such a confidence post. It wasn't about flirting itself. It was actually about how women can embrace themselves and our femininity, whatever that means to you. You're not necessarily having to like lick your lips and bat your eyelashes. You were actually teaching women how to be more confident in herself. I immediately when, looked at your lips and you said that. Oh, <laughs> that really? was like a That's subconscious crazy. thing of like. <laughs> <laughs> but when I watched the post, I immediately felt the likes of so many women that thought I can do this and I can actually like myself more because the number one question I get from my fam Shan is about confidence. Women don't feel confident out there enough. 
And they have every reason to, but they look at every reason not. Mm-hmm. And so is that something that comes up a lot in your field as well? A thousand percent. You don't get any clear instruction in this area. There is no, like, I like to liken it to dance almost. Like mm-hmm. with dance, you learn every step, every count, bit by bit. And you wait until you know that before you add on something else. And then eventually the choreography becomes a part of your bones. But when it comes to sex, it's really abstract advice. Like, unclear anecdotes, misinformation, porn. So how are you from any of that supposed to gain the strategy to actually get confident at something? And so I think people feel like either I have it or I don't because they don't know where to get the information so they can feel like I know what I'm doing in this area. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to sex education, I think most of my fam out there you probably learned it in some archaic way where your teacher yes. busted out the, the biology book, had the picture of the uterus and the dick, which is so unflattering, by the way. And I always wondered if my shit had wings because, like, when I look down in a mirror, like, my vag is a whole nother... Which, of course, you did. Of right. course, you had the self-insight to actually look for yourself, which majority of people, that never occurs to them. So kudos to you. That's great. Really? Yes. You didn't want to look... I wanted to know what I he was looking look. at. Did you look... Oh no! For like a decade. <laughs> really, Maroth? I had I had the worst body shame out of anyone I've ever known. Why? Why do you think? I have no idea. I don't know. I think I have a suppressed memory. I didn't show Wait, my body. Do you anyone. think it was because your parents' lack of wanting to talk about your body? No, I think maybe because they got divorced and there wasn't any attention on me. I never like. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, I didn't. I literally wouldn't get naked in front of anyone until I was probably twenty-five. Including boyfriends. I wouldn't let them look at me with the lights on if we were sleeping together. See, okay, I didn't have a weirdness of my body because my mom is inappropriately, inappropriately jokeful. Go with my words, guys, about body. So we had 15 people living in a three-bedroom home, and so there was only two bathrooms. And at any time, if you're in the bathroom, you have to just know that anybody else can use the bathroom at the same time mm. to brush their teeth while you're in the shower or to go pee while you're in the shower. You just know you have to share. So my mom would always kind of bust open the, do- the door. And when you're covering yourself quickly with the towel, don't worry, nobody care, you're butterfly. <laughs> and so you're just like, fuck, man, is it a butterfly? Why is she saying that? Yes. You know, I remember when I first started developing my areolas and I didn't know them any differently than just my own nipples. I didn't care. But my mom walked in and she said, oh my God, the panda, what the, it's so dark. <laughs> and then she closed the door. And I was like, the panda, what? Two months later, we go to the San Diego Zoo. We walked by the panda exhibit and she turns to me with her mouth full of licorice. You see the panda, look, it's so black, two black eye, just like your nipple. And I was like, fuck. She just put me on blast and my shit does look like the panda That's face. amazing. Uh, but immediately I, I had an acknowledgement of what my body looks like because of my mom. So I think that's why I was okay to look in the mirror and just see what And then it made you feel about. like shameful. Yes. Did it not or did it? No, it didn't make me feel shameful, but it made me immediately own that my shit was dark. Oh. Like, like th- that my nipples are different. My areola and my nipples are darker than the average person. And then when I started looking at Playboys and stuff... I would immediately see the difference between a light-skinned girl and a dark-skinned girl. And mine were, sh- were things that, like, the black girls had. And and the other lighter-skinned girls didn't have that. They had, like, light pink nipples. And I just noticed it. And it was like, I never thought bad or good. I just thought, oh, cool, like, my nipples are different colors. You know what I mean? That's amazing. I Isn't don't know it? where your brain came from or how you downloaded this really progressive <laughs> thing, like, from a very that young age. That is interesting, huh? Yeah, but, Marabic, you are the... 
you are the prototypical, rule, not the exception. Mm, yeah, I think that majority I mean. of people don't look, don't feel comfortable, feel tons of shame, think they're abnormal, don't like what they have. And so because you aren't exposed as well too, like there's a big thing called labiaplasty where- I've, I saw this on Cosmopolitan. It's yes. a huge growth of people who want to have surgery on their labia. Yes, and it's an increasing amount of young girls under 16 who request this surgery. And now people who are What older, are they doing specifically, by the way? It's getting a designer vulva. So they'll essentially make, majority of the time what they're doing is taking the labia minora, mm-hmm. which minora stands for smaller, but for okay. a lot of people, their inner lips are actually their larger lips. Okay. So taking their inner lips and they're making them smaller, the clitoris, they might actually make it a little bit smaller. Or if you have a clitoral hood, they make that smaller. So it's to make it look more like porn. Do you lose sensation though? You'll lose some tissue. So naturally when you lose some tissue, just like losing foreskin for a penis, you are losing some erectile tissue, some surface area. But your clitoris will probably still be intact. They're not cutting away at that. They're just more so pushing it more in. I think though, as much as we want to be like, that is so sad. People should love themselves, blah, blah, blah. And every person who says that to me, I say, do you have any vulva art in your house? Have you ever showed your daughter a book of vulvas before? Yeah. Have you ever exposed them to say, this is what they look like? Or here's the gamut of how they can look. Or mm-hmm. even art, you know, because yeah. there's beautiful art that they used to do with coin purses. Yeah. Like as a representation. Yeah. And if you have never done that, then do not judge. Right. You have to empathize that we never see vulvas. Yes. We don't celebrate it. We don't celebrate it. I actually have a series on my YouTube channel that I do that's called 40 Women. So it's like 40 Women Describe. Their butts, their boobs, their vulvas, etc. And I remember the first time I heard someone else say they had braille nipples, it was such a moment for me. And braille nipples means they're the bumpy. Little, yes. So you can read off of them. And that's me. And I was like, yes. oh my God, I'm not a like, <laughs> yeah. Those moments are so important. You would never have that, you know, if I didn't intentionally expose myself. So when it comes to young people, it's your responsibility to expose them to that so they can understand that. You are normal. It's okay. What you have is beautiful. Okay, you bring me to a question I've been dying to ask you, especially since a lot of my friends are parents now. You today, if you were to have a child or if you had a room full of parents that were asking you, how do I teach my kids about the birds and the bees? What would you say? How do you start that? What age is right? Uh, Which method would you go about it? How do you teach a kid the importance of intimacy? How do you make sure your kid learns to have respect for sex itself so that they don't get pregnant at a young age if that's not what they're goaling to do like what would you teach how do you teach a kid how to be good at math or spelling i guess to study and to have a relationship with liking it somehow start easy as fuck yeah start really light and age appropriate sure it's not something that you spring on them when they're 16 with complex algebra because you need to, it's a gradual learning system and process. And so it's age by age. By the time that you can talk, when I'm telling you, elbow, elbow, then I'm pointing and saying, vulva, vulva. Oh, shit, everything. <laughs> Just, you know, shit. simple. And I as you get it. a little older, it's explaining, you know, privacy and your body mm. and how these body parts are perceived by the world. And consent. Consent is also really big and massively important. And then as you get a little older, explaining the opposite sex's body parts and then answering questions and answering them honestly. My sister has two kids and when her kids was like five or six years old, they're now they're like eight and ten. But at okay. the time they were like five and one of them asked, you know, how what what is sex? And she was like, I didn't want to do it, but I was like, 
there's a mystical man in the sky and he decides when two people love each other when a mommy and a daddy and she's like I could have kicked myself oh my but I mean, all you've done is signify to your kids because they're probably asking you because they heard something yeah mm. so they're coming to you for the rest of the information and they're like okay mom don't know what the fuck she's talking right, about right I can't go to her for a source of information because she simply doesn't know yes so never lie keep it honest keep it mm, age appropriate if they ask a question you can answer it but you can also emphasize but we'll explain that more as you get a little older. What would you have said at five or six, though? At five or six, when a kid's like, Mommy, what's sex? Auntie Shan, what's sex? What would you say? I would have said the basics of sex is when two people get together and they touch each other on their private regions or they engage each other's private regions for the purpose of having you. That's Mm -hmm. how life is created. Sometimes people do it for the purpose of feeling close to each other and expressing their love. Mm. But it's, oh, it's something be for such adults a great to do. Yeah. It's something for adults to do. It's something later. Yeah, exactly. If you want to, you want it's to. a choice and a conversation that we'll keep having. So I think that yeah, it's there was an amazing thing that I did when we went to I went to school for sexology. Okay, it was an age by age understanding of what normal sexual attitudes are. Because if you think about it, we all think like having the talk at fifteen or sixteen. No, when I was four years old, I was humping a pillow. Mm. Like if I start thinking back to how early yeah. I became sexual, so yeah. why would I not start age by age having conversations? And also too, I thought I was so abnormal. You know, I thought I was such a deviant and such a freak. And if somebody would have said to me, that's okay. Like this is natural for you to have these curiosities. Yes. Here's what's going on in your body. That, that would have changed so much for me. Yes, and I like the way you just even normalize it by going elbow, vulva. I know that's not literal, but it should be that... Um, comfortable to be able to call out your body parts and know what that is called too. And I think just the traumatic side of me would really emphasize at a young age to, for my kids, if I ever had them, is is the idea that this is your private, the, like, like these are called your private parts because this belongs to you. This is your special area. Nobody is allowed to touch this besides you. And mommy is teaching you how to clean yourself so that you can take care of yourself on your own. But after that, nobody is allowed to touch your private parts. Like, man, and I even get... Such an important note to Yeah, me. yeah. That I even get, like, I, and I don't know, this is part where I have to work out with my therapist, but which parts I'm even going to be comfortable with letting my kids around the opposite sex. Like, mm. I get scared about that. I know that the same sex can also um, put harm towards you, but I think about just the fact that kids are so trusting and they don't know. So when an adult that looks like... Adults just look like authority figures. Right away, they look like they know more than you. So... When an adult comes near a child, like I would also, I, I might even like not let my kid around the opposite sex. And that's extreme. I know that is. I think a big part of it too is building up the trust. That this is a topic that's okay for us to talk about. Because oftentimes what people who are preying on people will do is the secrecy and saying they're going to get so mad at you. They're going to get so upset. And if they You're know right. this is a topic area that you get very uncomfortable about, that you shut down right away, that's already affirmed in their mind. Yes. But if they feel like we talk about this, we've had this conversation, this is okay. If I ask a question, it's not a bad question to ask. I can go to them and get a response that I know that I can share if somebody does suggest or God forbid violate so I, I think that that's, it is a part of prevention. Sex is one of those really bizarre areas where we feel like the less we say, the better it will go. 
like you know that doesn't apply to anything else like i'm not going to be like go white water rafting i'm not going to tell you shit that can happen just good fucking luck yeah i'm going to tell you every step along the way here's how to have fun here's the risks that are involved here's what you should do what you shouldn't do like the more that you know the better you'll be able to make good decisions for yourself enjoy yourself and prioritize safety but when it comes to sex we're like the less they know the less they'll do the less that bad things that will happen that's Absurd. Absolutely. I think one of the number one ways also to get confident, not only in the bedroom, but just in your overall confidence together, is really liking the body and the package you're gifted with. So let's talk about that when we come after the break. When we come after the break. When we come. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, we are back with Shan Booty, my dear friend and also sex expert, confident, extraordinaire woman. <laughs> if you could put that together <laughs> grammatically. But you, Add it to my lower third. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, Shan, I think one of the reasons why your fans love you so much is because you exude this confidence in having a fun smirk about sex. You enjoy it. You don't find any taboos about it and you keep continuing to break ceilings and and walls when it comes to the whole topic what is surprising to you about your work so far it's surprising how much i'm still learning oh it is crazy to me how much i still learn on a daily basis how many new words are pitched to me that i've never heard before so this is an area that i think again we think about it in a school system like which two weeks should we spend or what is the talk that we should have to summarize this entire subject area there is no talk there is no class you can take that will give you all the information you need to know i've been in this space for 13 years and i'm learning constantly so that's surprising to me and also amazing yeah because i think that if you could master it then it wouldn't be as fun absolutely one thing i want to focus on for all my fans out there i touched on earlier that a big question you guys ask me about is confidence how to be more confident i know that you get thrown information all day long about trying on new fashion or throwing on a hot pair of heels or winging out your eyeliner while those things may work one thing that i find really helps you to feel confident not only in how you view yourself, but also how you walk, how you carry yourself, how you dress yourself, how you look into the mirror, is when you just really love the skin you're in. Mm. Now that sounds super cliche. I know, I fucking hate it when people say, love your skin, love who you are, love what God gave you. But what I really mean is having an actual physical relationship with your body. And I mean masturbation. I mean masturbation, I mean touching yourself, I mean cradling yourself. What do you find is... Do you think that the average woman masturbates or is proud of it or has connected the fact that if she really can turn herself on and can be comfortable with her sexuality, that she can actually perform better in the everyday world as far as confidence? Does does that make sense, that correlation? I think that the, you know, loving the skin that you're in is a steeper hill to climb for some. For some people who are not 
perpetuated in the media or perpetuated anywhere as sex objects or as sexy based on things they can't control, whether that be body type, race, ethnicity, um, height, etc. So that loving the skin that you're in thing can be a, a journey for some. And if you're not at that point right now, don't feel bad about it. I think the best thing you could probably do if you do feel that is to start changing the channel on the stimulus that you're absorbing. So unfollowing certain accounts, following accounts that look like you, if you're a disabled person, surrounding yourself with more people who are disabled and sexy and confident Mm. and who are aspirational to you. So I think meeting yourself where you are is massively important. If where you are right now is in a space where you don't like to see yourself in the mirror, you don't feel comfortable with that, that's okay. Like you can get yourself there slowly, but the thing you can do that's underneath your control is changing the channel to create a world where you are sexy, you are desired, you are wanted, and that it's not a favor for someone to feel attracted to you. It's the norm almost. Um, I will say that that confidence, though, comes when, yes, you know what works best for you. I think that in the bedroom, masturbating is so important. I think the stat is that like 97% of men masturbate and somewhere in like the high 70s of women self-pleasure or masturbate. That number, of course, should be everyone across the board. Yes. What is the, okay, so what is the stigma against masturbation? Is it for religious reasons, right? I guess some people find it to be Yeah, it's wrong. It is sinful, yeah. I went to is Catholic it sinful? school. I, I'm yes. a Jew, it is so known as sinful. There's nothing in Judaism against masturbation. There isn't. Okay, in but Catholicism, it, there is. There is. And what is the stigma exactly? Well, that it's a slippery slope that it will lead to. It's the gateway to leading to being a thought. Yes, a exactly. Whore, a yes. Girl. And I don't know why, but like, yeah, I think it is like spoiling your body. It, you know, there was crazy things back in the day. Like masturbation leads to hysteria. Masturbation mm. leads to mental illness. It makes people into murderers. Like if you read the old school school of thought around masturbation, like it was a lot of fear around it. They had traps they used to put on. So if someone tried to touch themselves at night, their hands would get caught into a trap. It's just like, it's really bizarre how fixated people are on your own self-pleasure. This comedian said this joke that really was amazing to me. I tell anybody who's against it. If God, if your reasons are religious, if God didn't want you or nature didn't want you to masturbate, they would have put your genitals in the middle of your back where it's hard to scratch. Instead, it's the most accessible place in the world. It's the most comfortable place just to go ahead, right? funny. If you needed more proof than that, the health benefits of orgasm are insurmountable. Yeah. Like your body wants you to orgasm. That's exactly what wet dreams are or women who have orgasms in their sleep. That's your body saying, okay, You ain't taking care of this. We need to orgasm because we want the health benefits. So I'm going to do this for you. Wow. That's fascinating. So for the average woman out there who either is masturbating or isn't masturbating, how do we connect the confidence by ourselves with the one area I think women are most critical of, our bodies, to then being confident outside of the bedroom? Do you think there's a correlation? Am I being too – for example, I'm just going to use myself as an example – the fact that I know where to please myself, the fact that I know where to grab myself, touch myself, or to just look at and, and familiarize myself with. Are you comfortable sharing? Yes. What's uh, your system? My system. Okay. So, but I want to say that just doing that, when I leave the house, just knowing that I like myself and I know how to bring myself to XC, for some reason that just gives me this like invisible pair of heels. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I can do it in 30 seconds and I can also do it and, you know, I can enjoy it and spend some 10 minutes sitting there, you know, 
sometimes sometimes I'll use visuals. Sometimes, you know, I like videos that like my man and I send each other or I'll like um, pictures of him, obviously, because Ooh, I know. Farmer's market porn, the I, local. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I got the local produce girl. But I love it because I like the confidence in knowing that I'm, uh, that I, that I'm into one person. That's for me. Um, whereas I know the difference before when I would just, you know, play with different images, right? Which isn't as fulfilling as someone who you kind of know suited for you because of whatever kind of dialogue and exchange of conversation you guys have had that made you f- get attracted to them in the first place. Then I also like, I like examining my body. I like looking at my body and there are places I haven't been okay with before, like my my lower abdomen, like my fupa. I know that there was a time where I was like super aggy about having this piece of flesh that would like hang over and in certain areas like when you get into certain positions you could see it moving and stuff I actually made myself like masturbate and look at it and watch it in a way that started to make it like I don't know sensualize it Mm -hmm. somehow like even if you can grab it let's say when you grab any piece of flesh like your thighs your inner thighs when you see that flesh in between your hands you're like oh shit that looks kind of hot it looks like succulent you know and 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 I would start to see parts of my body that way so I trained myself to have fun in my body with my body in different ways that now when I'm physical with my partner I make him do it like I'll take his hands and grab it grab the you know certain areas I don't like but when I see him see me enjoy that it builds me more confidence because then he enjoys it Mm -hmm. and it spins it spins it in a different way so it made me realize I can actually change the way I look at the parts of my body I didn't like before, just depending on how you play with it. Like even if you, I don't know, if you don't like your feet, you can take your feet and, you know, um, wrap them around a person's leg or body or like rub, it, you know, obviously you've lotioned and you've made yourself smooth. Yes. You're not all like dry skinned and gross, but you like rub yourself against somebody's body and, and, and use your feet instead of your hands. There's something sexy about that too. So, but you have to do it first and see yourself do it with yourself and then you go and you emulate it in the bedroom and I think guys really like it when you take control and show them what to do with your body parts especially if you grab the areas that you would normally avoid because I think they can tell if you avoid certain things because you're embarrassed like women who cover their stomachs all the time when they stand I can tell that they're self-conscious about their stomach but if you were to actually like take your hands and put them on their stomach and rub them or do whatever it is depending on positions like even I you know if you were to do a doggy style and have him take his hands and put it in the areas that you don't like, you know, like, um, or to grab your butt if you're not so confident about your butt, to, but to actually grab it. I think that changes things. Am I, I crazy? No, you're not crazy at all. This is actually a really. Did I do this only to myself? No, I don't it's know a if it really fresh take too. I think it's a really fresh perspective on how to do that. The usual advice that I would give to people is you want to get into the bedroom and give yourself a shot at enjoying it. And to do that, you got to think about all the things that are going to make you self-conscious and create a plan for it. Now that might be for you. Yes, that's it. Go ahead and make a list of the things you're already not going to like and make a plan. Because if you have sex, avoiding all those areas, you look fucking crazy. And you're not going to enjoy it. You can tell. That's one of the main inhibitors to having an orgasm when you truly can't even give yourself permission to experience pleasure because you're so busy critiquing yourself. And the number one turnoff for, I'll say for heterosexual men who have sex, people with vulvas, is women who are ashamed of their bodies. Because when you're entering into the bedroom and then you are, because women tend to do this as well too. I haven't been to the gym in a long time. I didn't really shower today. I know I'm kind of spiky right now. My underwear and my bra don't yes. match. 
Trust me, that was not what they were going to say. Right. That is not mm-hmm. where their eyes were drawn right. to. But now they have to like accommodate. And no, it's not true. And this. And then you're like, yes, it is. I'm, I'm a slob. I'm disgusting. Oh, and it's it, so unattractive it when you changes. throw that conversation out. And then you have to, oh my God, you're right. Because you think it's an elephant in the room. It's not. Right. One thing I love that has been happening recently, like I've I've pretty much hated my legs forever. Just, you know, we all have our reasons. That's crazy because you, know? you have great legs. Well, thank you, Jeannie. But like I hate my legs. I wow. never show them. Never still? I, to this still day? to this day, hate my legs. We'll never show them no matter what. Well, Jeannie's seen them. Mm-hmm. Well, They're I, great. They're well, super toned. She's crazy. Well, and I've gotten compliments for them plenty of times in my life, but I don't like them. And I, I haven't told my boyfriend that I don't like them. I don't tell him what I'm like not loving about myself because like, why do you want to draw attention to it? Right. But he's like, I love your legs. I love your legs. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, like good. Like, I, I mean, like, I'm really grateful, but it's for this, for once I'm like, I'm not even going to say really like I don't or like why? I'm just like, I'll take it. All right. You don't need to know that I disagree, but it's great. Well, on the journey to figuring out, because maybe, I don't know if you don't like them because, like, what's the reason? The reason is because, oh gosh, this is this gets more embarrassing. The reason, in part, okay, I had an abusive ex who told me I had small kneecaps. I hate mm. him. He said, I heard, I literally heard your brother laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he told me I had small kneecaps and that made me really self-conscious. Who the he, fuck says that? No, he, he literally had the, f- found ways of like making me feel insecure about really small things. So if you're a listener out there and you have a boyfriend who like says weird things about your body that are so random yeah. and what the fuck, leave him, sis. Yes, he's mm. definitely trying leave to get him. into your sub. Um, but yeah, so because of that and because I used to be oh I was a soccer player for 13 years and so I had really like muscular legs and all of my friends in high school were twigs with twig legs and so I couldn't share clothes with them like I couldn't share pants with them and I became super self-conscious at that time about having thick legs and even though now I've dropped probably four sizes since high school my I still have this Mm body image of myself that is like you got fat legs wow oh so, i mean now everybody knows i think <laughs> a really great thing to do i mean like this thing with confidence is that it's creating that plan of action for yourself so i never try to convince somebody that a part of them is great if they don't think so it's your mm-hmm. body it's your decision i think me yeah. trying to force you to feel the way is just as bad as me trying to say shit about you to force you to feel negatively mm-hmm. about yourself I always do this activity, I do it once a quarter, where I write down a list of three things, things I love about myself, things that bother me, and things I'm neutral about. So taking that list of things that bother you, it's writing an action step beside that. So if for you, what bothers you about them is maybe you want to see them more tanned because that would look great. Creating an action plan and being like, I'm going to find the best spray tanner and see what that looks, how I let my legs look. Or I'm going to do bar method. What If it really bothers you to the point that you can't show up as your most sensual self in the bedroom, it's preventing you from wearing certain clothes, put an action plan beside it. Or you got to find a way to move that into neutral and be like, you know what? These are my legs. It's not my favorite attribute. My forehead's not my favorite thing about my face, but it's my forehead. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I do a little swoop bang. I'm on my business. <laughs> I don't think about it constantly. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it becomes that thing for you. But I, I don't, you know, if there is something about you that's truly bothering you, that's a call for action in some capacity. And I also heard you talk mostly about how other people have interpreted your body, not how you have felt about mm-hmm. it. 
So you got to ask yourself, how do I feel about it? That's where the action has to come. That's interesting. That's funny that you point that out because I noticed my sister, my older sister, when I was growing up would always ogle my body because she envied my body. And I didn't understand that because I was a kid and she was older, like six years older than me. And so I became really self-conscious about my body from receiving positive attention out of envy from her. And so it doesn't matter really how you spin it because if you feel like you're getting the attention from somebody else it isn't coming from within Mm -hmm. you know and you're not having that moment to moment like oh like that's my body and I accept it for what it is but Shan brings up a really important point when it comes to anybody fixated on certain features and where the insecurity came from if you can actually drive back to the majority of those opinions painting what you look how you look at your body that is immediately a problem the fact that other people who you could care less about when it comes to living your life and they could care less about you and making you a more successful more you know valuable person in life these are just comments from a passerby or like a childhood kid or an ex-boyfriend and we actually give them power Mm. to hold stake into what your definition of what you look like is that's an important thing to completely eradicate from your mind. Like right. just acknowledging that they were literally just a hater from the past right. and might have said it for so many other reasons other than what it was. Like I, I know just in Asian culture, looking thick or looking curvy is not a thing. And for a while, when I had an eating disorder, I really did think being thin was the best choice and 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 was just unanimously the best looking thing. But I only knew that from my culture. Mm. I didn't hear this from myself. I didn't, my mind didn't paint this. When I started to realize it, I only realized it like in my mid thirties when I started going home for Christmas and I had already on the plane, literally sitting on the plane thinking, shit, did I gain some weight or lose some weight? Get ready because they're going to call it out. Or if I wore the traditional Aoyai, which is the Vietnamese dress and it's very straight. And if I had some curves popping out of it or even a belly, I would be the first to notice that because I, I I know they would say something about it. Everything was fixated on whether or not they would say something and judge it and call mm. it out. Then it made me realize, holy shit, I, I happen to like curves. I look at curvy women and I think it's a beautiful sign of femininity, but it's not in my culture. So I had to immediately deduct that. That is how they think because it's an old school way of how people look in the country in, in, in Vietnam and that people who are rich don't eat and all this weird twisted shit that actually is not true and is not my own opinion. Whereas now I know my opinion is like women with like a little succulence to their body is super hot to me. And I had to train myself to see that and then also embrace all shapes and bodies. Yes. Like I had to reprogram that. It took me about mm. a year. And then I noticed my eating disorder. And now and from you, that, you work out for the body you want. Yes. Yes. Like I see you doing to build, to yes. tone, to get stronger, to get squats, Which to get is legs. So tap- and the more I do it, my culture is like, well, shit. They're not. She's not even listening to to us anymore. Whereas before, they were like, "Why? Why you try to get so buff? Why? Why like a man so too much?" And I'm like, "No, no, I like feeling strong." And keep telling me this because the more you tell me, the more I actually want to go my route. So it helped me. But just again, the psychology of going back to remembering where those thoughts originally came from, Rob. That's really important. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for the great advice. Yeah, I mean it. I do. Okay, last I actually really wait. I, yes. I sounded really not serious when I said that when I said that because that actually was really good advice to create a plan. And I highly recommend that anybody else take that advice because I'm going to like I I never I've always thought like okay you exercise or something to you could get you get cosmetic surgery if you really hate your body at some point if that's something in your goal like for your life to make you feel better about it. But like I never really thought about like the idea of creating a plan. 
you know, like as starting a with strategy. your mental, right? Yeah. Like, just, but a plan based mm-hmm. on what you want, not trying to appease what somebody else's ideal of what who you are, how you should look is. I think that's a question you have to answer for yourself, right? And it's the plan for creating acceptance, not yes. the plan for creating a perfect body. It's the plan for creating self love. Yes, 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 self love. The most important kind of love. <laughs> Are we talking about squirting or not, yes! guys? <laughs> okay, save the finale for the end. The ultimate cherry pop on top. The squirting. Okay, so squirting is a huge conversation I like having with my girlfriends because there's a divide. There's friends that can do it and friends that have no idea how to even access it. I'm like in the middle where I've done it, but on accident. And I don't exactly know how to control doing it, but I know that I can. So Walk us through what is squirting. Well, I want to hear your story first. How? What were the circumstances in which this accidental oh squirting happened? Oh shit! This is so major. Okay, so so we all know that um, Jeannie Mai loves to discover her body, and she's very comfortable with her sexuality. So in my in my free time, when I was down there um, digging for gold, I remember I actually remember learning about squirting when I was watching a porn when I was younger, and I've always been fascinated by it because. I wanted to know how it felt. I wanted to know if it was me coming like guys would because I know how to orgasm and, and how that feels secreting on my own, but not as like a shot, right? So I remember it was an accident. I think I was, I was, it was before I was married. I was chilling in my apartment and I was using a dildo and I remember the dildo was was curved mm-hmm. and I had bought it on sale honestly off of a website and I was like this motherfucker looks cool it was like a it was a super glass see-through dildo and I and I put it in and I remember feeling the craziness of your uterus how sensitive it is when you rotate a curved because I don't remember having a curved penis so I was like this is must be how it feels that you can get all these different aerodynamic shapes from a curved penis so I remember doing that and then when I swiveled it around I know this is a 360 all of a sudden I saw a squirt and I was like shh whoa <laughs> yeah. was this what? like what? two minutes in or like 10 I would say two minutes in it it, it it rubbed by the very top of my like I would say under my belly right under my belly and and it squirted and I literally looked at the little like splooge that landed <laughs> and I touched it I was like what is this I put it between my fingers and it was literally like a sticky gel like it looks like cum but I didn't know where it came from and I didn't orgasm, which I don't know that that can happen. So I was freaked out. I was like, wait, no, this is no way this is happening. So I did it again. I swiveled the thing and sure enough, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> this is crazy. I was so excited and I wanted to show somebody. I wanted to tell the world. Then I remember uh, moving forward into a relationship. I'm going to keep people out of name or keep names out of this. I was like, I, I was feeling myself. I was like, yo, I can do this thing. It's so cool. Get ready. <laughs> get get up in here. Like, let me show you how to do this. And I started to kind of rotate myself in the same way with his. And it just didn't happen. And I was so upset. I was mad. I felt like David Copperfield on an off day. I was yeah. like, wait, <laughs> it didn't do it. And then so I want to know, what did I do? How do I get it back? And it's really just for a cool like it's it's just a cool effect, right? It's not for like an actual. It, it doesn't do anything. There's no right or wrong answer to that. So okay. for some people, it's linked with orgasm. For some people, it isn't. Did you orgasm before? No. Had you? Were you really aroused? Yes. Okay. So here's like the physiology behind what 
squirting could be. Now, okay. this is a debated topic. I think that the best explanation I can give, kind of an offhand comment, there's coital incontinence, and that is when the pressure from sex makes you pee. So there is a percentage of people who are squirters who might have coital incontinence, which is the inability to take that pressure and not have leakage, leakage outside of it. Now, but Dr. Beverly Whipple, who was like, to me, the forefounder of you squirting. She's amazing, of squirting research. But she found that women who had stronger pelvic muscles were more able to squirt than those who had weaker ones. So that is to say, if you have a very weak pelvic muscle, the squirting might be as a result of not being able to hold your bladder during sex and thus you have leakage. Or if you have a very strong pelvic floor muscle, you might have the ability to squirt. So so what is the secretion? Is it urine? So we have all bodies. I mean, we're not made up of very different parts. So men and women, I like to describe it in terms of like anatomical twins, which is which. So there is the prostate and the prostate is what basically gives the majority of ejaculate, it's volume. There's a very small percentage that's actually sperm. So that's what's shooting out. So that's the prostate. The twin to that for women is called the skein's gland. Now we don't need that, right? Our Bartholin gland is what gives us lubrication. So the skein's gland is kind of like an evolutionary unnecessity, mm. kind of like how men have nipples. Mm. So your skein's gland is actually similarly to men created, located close to your bladder, mm. which is why squirting happens outside of your urethra. You don't squirt out of the vagina. So that gland kind of similarly can produce that milky fluid that you talked about, mm -hmm. which can look like semen. Mm -hmm. However, when men are orgasming, they don't have the ability to pee at all because that gets shut off, that duct, even though they pee and orgasm out of the exact same duct. But that gets shut off by the pressure. For women, it doesn't. So even if you do ejaculate, it might be a mix of pee and some of that skein's gland fluid. So the only way that I know it's possible is if you get very, very aroused and you're having stimulation on that gland in that area, you're getting that buildup of needing to go pee, you keep putting pressure on it, you might need clitoral stimulation at the same time, you might not. And for some people, because orgasm produces contractions in some, that's when squirting can jut out. But if you're just putting a lot of pressure and that's creating enough stimulation, that's when you can also get the squirting just from a party trick. Doesn't have to be linked with <laughs> right, orgasm right. at all. I have never squirted before. I, I don't. I can't say I've necessarily tried to do it, but I can only speak anecdotally for do some you people. Want to? I think it'd be nice. I mean, it's nice to know your body can do anything, right? I don't know. It's nothing I don't, I want to do splits too. I'm not practicing the splits, but so I think if you can do it, that's amazing and great. I think any excuse to explore your body, which you're a pro at, is wonderful. If you do want to try, it's less, you know, when we do G-spot stimulation, it's the come here motion. Yeah. This is more consistent pressure. Yeah. So it's pressure on the right area. So it's that glass dildo yes. twisting until it finds the right spot. Yes. And when you milk a prostate, you're essentially pressing up against it. You're milking it. So you want to milk that gland as well, too, until you see fluid produced. That's so crazy. And why is it that squirting is coming out as such a conversational piece now? Was it because it's been around is forever, right? Honestly, but I, do you notice that you're hearing it yes, more now? I think porn. And here's the thing with porn, too. Before a porn performer does a squirting scene, they drink a gallon of water. So 
no one, majority of people who squirt, they're not coming out with that much. It's not coming out that projectile. Like we have to understand that porn is a performance. You can actually learn some stuff in some particular porn videos about yeah. techniques that work. But by and large, they are doing this for film. Yes. So I think that if you keep so that in mind. So long streams of fucking like yeah. water hose action is not what squirting actually looks like. Right. And there's like, I think Dr. Beverly Whipple has a video I've seen. The magic wand, which is this like really powerful vibrator. I've seen her use that and a dildo at the same time. Like that's her magic formula. So if you are interested in trying, I think try with yourself to start. Sure. And then asking yourself what happened in that moment. But I've definitely met people who have done it once and it's never happened again. Um, met people who's never happened for. And some people who are like, I want it to stop. <laughs> I can't have sex with this happening. It's embarrassing. It's too much. Like it wets the sheets. Like wh- how do I make it stop? So it's just embracing your body and however it comes yeah. or it doesn't come. Right, right. And I just think uh, in, enjoy to explore your body as we much as possible. We have to find possible. out though, squirting or not squirting. Um, I have squirted. Okay. Uh, but I can't do it on command. So I'm like in between. See, you you're right here two. with me. But also... I would say, well, there was, well, um, it's definitely the kind of thing that like I have had no control over why and I can't put it together like why it's happened on multiple occasions because I can't, they were far enough apart. There wasn't, or it wasn't there wasn't the a same system partners. in place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a little bit of a mystery, but proud to say I can squirt. <laughs> I think the curved toy is a great tip. Yeah. If you want to explore and exploring again without a goal just to see what feels good for you and how long you want to feel that. If the end result is liquid that expels, great. If the end result is, wow, that felt sensational, amazing. Yeah. But a curved toy is a great place to start. And I'm going to check out Beverly Whipple. I've never heard of her before you. So, and you know, the G-spot is named after that doctor. Yes. Dr. Graffenberg. Yes. Dr. Beverly worked with him. In truth, she probably did all the work and he just took credit for it. I'm not saying that's actual facts, but we know how history goes. Yes, of course. Have you ever met her? No, I haven't. Would you be excited if you did? I'd be so excited. Have you reached out to her? I haven't. I don't know. She's like 80. I wouldn't even know how to find her. I know, but How do you find people who are 80 plus? I think that, well, she's so... At their home. Yes, at their home. And you go to her. Yeah. You go to her. But I just think that would be a... Re- I'm going to put that in, out into the atmosphere. I'm, I'm going to hope that I that happens. I receive that. Because I think you're such a great um, example of today's type of education. She was a pioneer in her time, and we need you today. So. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Uh, this was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, I know. I love it. I love having Shambuti on. Please make sure that you follow Shambuti on her gram. It's every single day is an awesome, entertaining, educational post. We're going to download Quibi to get your show in April. And we're also going to follow your YouTube. I actually just heard you mention that, and I didn't yes. know about this. Tell us about your YouTube. Yeah, I mean, it's just a place that I upload videos about sex, love, and relationships. And oftentimes, it's learning from other people, including different voices and perspectives. And so, yeah, there's a plethora of a plethora of places to locate me. But find me here, motherfuckers. I like coming here. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Shan. Make sure to rate and review this podcast. Tell your friends. Share it with somebody else. And um, until then, happy squirting. <laughs> 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 